To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. So this week, two great questions. One I wanted to get to last week, and this is about when to address a toddler's behavior versus when it's okay to ignore it, since we know that sometimes addressing a behavior can actually make it worse, and especially when it's some of those behaviors that are more difficult to control or difficult to find a proper consequence. So how do we know when to work on it and when to ignore it? Now, while sometimes there is a fine line, I have a really good litmus test question that you want to ask yourself, which usually helps give a pretty clear answer. So I'm going to share that. A second question is about addressing biting. Now, I remember the first time I went to go pick up my son from daycare and I was told that one of his peers had bitten him. And I remember being so shocked. My little boy had been bitten. But I soon learned that this is normal behavior in toddlerhood. But it also doesn't mean that we want to accept it. And there are things that you can do to nip that in the bud. So I'm going to get to that also in a moment. But I have been on an organization kick lately ever since I got the kids organized for back to school. I do think family organization from the daily and weekly schedules to having a place for stuff and eliminating clutter leads to a smoother family life overall. Now, my plan was to share some tips and places to start for families who may be really struggling for what has worked well for me, but I couldn't get my thoughts organized enough to share it in a way that I thought would be helpful enough. I ended up rambling too much, and so I decided I'm just going to get my points down more succinctly so that what I do have to share is actually helpful for families with kids in all age groups and on all areas of the spectrum of just getting through the day or maybe even just getting through the hour to families who feel pretty good about their organization, but new ideas and tips are always helpful and welcome. So I'll make sure I get that together and share that in the next episode coming out later this week. But now let's get to the questions for this week. The first question that I got was about how to know the difference between when to ignore a behavior and when to address a behavior. 
And this is from Jenna. So she wrote, Hi, Erin. I've been listening to your podcast for some months now and recently signed up to become a member. I have a two and three quarter year old son and a nine month old son. We have been following a positive discipline style and have read several other books, including No Bad Kids, How Toddlers Thrive, and How to Talk So Little Kids Will Listen. I have found all this information, including your work, very helpful. However, we're having difficulty dealing with constant attention-seeking behavior from my toddler. I understand the baby's arrival has turned his world upside down, so I try to schedule one-on-one time with him each week. He's also in a very I-want-mommy stage, which I know is a healthy attachment. He goes to daycare three days a week, and his behavior is worse on those days, understandably. He is a perfect angel at school and lets it all go when he gets home. I know that he's upset he had to be away from mommy and daddy all day, and even when he gets home, I still have to tend to his baby brother's needs, which is even more upsetting to him. Yesterday was one of our worst days. He ran away from me in a parking lot for the first time. I had to park the baby in the stroller on some grass while I ran after him. Of course, yelling stop did nothing, and he thought it was a fun chasing game laughing the whole time. When I caught him, I carried him football style, explaining to him that because he ran away from me, he chose to lose his privilege to walk and push the stroller. On the way home, after we both calmed down, I explained to him that I was angry because it's not safe for him to run in a parking lot. A car could hit him, and that would make mommy very sad. When we got home, I tried to enlist his help in making dinner. He helped for a minute, then climbed down and started destroying everything and emptying out all the toy bins. We were able to get him into his booster seat for dinner. He's in a booster, so he can't escape. But he didn't want dinner and pushed himself back and almost fell backwards. I told him I'd like him to sit for five more minutes to see if he'd change his mind about eating. We chatted and played I Spy, but he still wanted to get down. I let him get down and told him he's showing me he doesn't want dinner and there would be no more food available the rest of the night. He continued to be destructive around the house. In an instant like this, I don't know what to do. If I tried to tell him that I want him to play quietly or try to direct him to something else to play with, he will either play louder, run away from me while I try to talk to him, or just keep throwing or kicking toys. Sometimes, even if he is playing nicely and I comment on how he's playing so quietly, he will then do the opposite and throw something and giggle. When he's in this particular state, of mind, I don't think there's anything I can do or say that will make it better. I literally ignored everything he was doing and continued to feed the baby dinner. My husband went upstairs and after I cleaned up dinner, while he was still running around, I went upstairs to nurse the baby. We left the toddler alone downstairs. After a while, he came upstairs. I had to change his diaper, so while I did that, I explained to him that when he throws or kicks his toys around mommy and daddy, I don't want to play with him. I told him I loved him, but said that we can't play with him when he is misbehaving is completely ignoring a situation like this appropriate. Another thing he does is climb on the coffee table. If I say, I can't let you climb on the coffee table and gently remove him, he will just go back and back and back and it becomes a catch me game. I heard you give a brief overview of 123 Magic on one of your podcast episodes and feel like this wouldn't work with my son. He would make it a game and then just keep going back to the bad behavior after each time I removed him. We already do positive reinforcement when we see him doing something good, but maybe we need to up the ante on that. Okay, so Jenna was a member, so I did answer her question right away. But I love this because these details really, really help me understand exactly what's going on so that I can answer the question to the best of my abilities. So first, I'm gonna talk about the fine line between ignoring a behavior versus addressing it. And I I like to use this, is it dangerous to others or property? In other words, 
could the outcome be something that could not be put back or would be very difficult to put back? So for me, with my older son, he used to do this. The standing on the coffee table became an ignoring thing. If my son fell off, he might cry, but he wouldn't be very hurt, most likely. And the likelihood of him falling wasn't big to begin with. And he was just trying to get my attention. And I knew giving him attention would just increase the behavior in this instance because it's not something I could keep him from doing or I could set a boundary and keep it from happening again. But when it comes to things like the parking lot or hurting a sibling, those are scenarios that can't be ignored, right? Because your child could get very hurt. Getting hurt by a car is a pretty serious injury. Now, obviously this toddler is acting out for attention. So I sent Jenna to the class on misbehaviors and solutions because there's a lot of ways in there on how to address these behaviors. There's four different misbehaviors. Attention seeking is one of them and there's a lot of tips and ways in there to work on that. And I'm gonna get into a few of those, but when it comes to the parking lot situation, once you understand that this is a struggle, it's an area to be really proactive moving forward. So in the class on power struggles, I cover four steps to cooperation. Now, these four steps include before you get out of the car, you want to set the expectation with your child beforehand. So you walk through the steps. You're going, I expect you to stay by me in the parking lot. You can hold my, then you want to give him choices and have your child choose one before you get out of the car. You can hold my hand, you can hold on to the stroller and you can make them fun. You can waddle like a duck or you can stalk like a tiger make them fun and then this is the way he's choosing to walk through the parking lot. Then you want to give a consequence for the misbehavior if you don't stay beside me in the parking lot then X will happen. We'll have to go right back to the car. You won't be able to come in shopping with me. I will have to stick you in the stroller and strap you in. You will have to go up into the cart while we're in the store. I won't be able to let you run, you know, be Uh, walk through the store, whatever it is, whatever consequence you want to give in that scenario. Then you want to practice. When we get out of the car, what are you going to do? And then your child will say, I'm going to hold your hand and waddle like a penguin while we walk up to the store, whatever. They're going to say what you're going to do. Okay, if you don't stay beside me, then what will happen? And your child will give you the consequence. So those are the steps. Give the, set the expectation give the choices, give a consequence, and practice. Now the class on power struggles does go into more detail on this and gives several scenarios and ways to go through this in different types of scenarios. And actually even the parking lot example is one of them. So in the class on misbehaviors and solutions, one of the things I talk about for this is really upping the positive reinforcement. You wanna use it as much as you can. Upping the positive reinforcement is always helpful if there's room to grow in that area. It gives your child, it gives your child the attention that they're seeking as well as giving them the idea of what the parent likes to see and it reinforces the behavior rather than the attention to the negative. Also, the choices are great. These tend to help kids engage more in what they're doing and like I said, it makes them fun can really get your kids more engaged rather than always offering the same sort of boring choices, right? Do you want to get dressed in the hallway or in your room? You can make it fun. Do you want to hop on one foot or jump on two? Do you want to sing row, row, row your boat while you get dressed or jump up and down on two feet while you put your t-shirt on? Something like that. 
What song should we sing while we brush our teeth? Okay, when it comes to messes, there's two options here. If it's not too much to handle, ignore it, especially if you think it's for attention seeking, because then getting the attention for the behavior will perpetuate it because he gets that payoff. Then before dinner, he has to clean up before he can come eat or before dessert or before some other thing that he really likes, like evening playtime with the parent or whatever it is. This way he's learning he needs to help clean up when he makes a mess and he's not getting attention during the mess making process. The other option is to limit access to the toys. If he has access to trains, blocks, cars, Duplo, etc., and he's getting everything out and making a huge mess, you could put everything away except for one or two items. So put everything up and leave one or two things down or put several of the items away in the garage or somewhere else up in the top of your closet and leave two items out and do that rotation that I talk about as ways to keep kids more interested in, in engaged in playing with the toys that they have. So that's an option. So put everything away except for one or two items and then get it down as he requests it and then trade them out with something else so that there isn't an opportunity to make a huge mess with everything. And actually, like I said, it's not a bad idea to do that anyway, to do that rotation because it helps in the development because they go deeper with their toys when they only have a few options anyway. Otherwise, some, a lot of times they'll end up just playing with each type of toy for a few minutes, then they'll move on to the next and the next and the next. Now, what you did with the toy throwing and ignoring walking away was perfect. It sets a respectful boundary. And what he wants is to play with you so he should learn quickly to abide by those important rules. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. 
At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. HomeThreads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads, love where you live. Also, when it comes to minimizing messes through limiting the access, the class called Distraction and Redirection goes into a lot of ways to limit access around the house to a lot of different things that toddlers tend to get into and tend to find interesting and ways to limit that access so that there's a lot less, one, dangers really is what that was about, but also about things that are just, they don't need to be into or that just are going to make your life harder. So there's a lot more detail in that class as well. Now, the next question is from Amber about biting. And she wrote, Hi, Erin. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and have also been practicing peaceful parenting since my son's birth almost three years ago. After returning from a short vacation last week, my son has started to bite me. We've had about one episode a day for the past week, and today it was because I needed him to come indoors so that we could get ready for lunch and nap. Yesterday, it was because I told him I wasn't going to go outside to the car to get his Batman toy. The other was because I took his water from him because he was spitting it out on the wood floors. I've noticed in most of the instances, I haven't communicated in a respectful manner to him, so I've been trying to be more consistent and I think it will help. But I'm not sure if it will help completely. I'm afraid to take my eyes off of him during play dates and concern that he's going to bite another kid if they take a toy from him or something. I also really am at a loss for how to deal with it in the moment. I've tried all different reactions responses except for biting back or except for something physical, obviously. Today, I kept calm and waited while he kept laying into the bite. I told him to let go over and over. After he did, he had the biggest meltdown I've witnessed so far. You should also know that I'm 28 weeks pregnant and we're also in the process of moving. I'm sure these are contributing factors, but how do I handle this biting? Thank you so much for your time and energy you put into your village, Amber. Biting is a common response. So I think sometimes it really helps to know that this is common behavior in a toddler. Doesn't mean we want to accept it, of course, but it is a common response. Toddlers tend to be reactionary. When they feel mad, they often will react aggressively, kicking, hitting, slapping, biting. So I think you're probably right. I think you're very, very likely right that the pregnancy and the move is a lot and could be leaving him feeling a lot less secure. And therefore, he's reacting even more than he would otherwise, more aggressively than he would otherwise. So I'll give you some general information, some tips for in the moment And then a couple of classes for deeper information for helping him work on these social skills. So there's two sets of skills at play here. 
emotion skills, and social skills. The emotion skills are internal. So these are the ability to recognize one's emotions, particularly the negative ones, the frustration, the fear, the anger, the jealousy. Then there is the social skills. This is the reaction to his emotions. Does he bite or does he say, I'm mad because I want my toy? So you want to work with him on both of these, not on biting, on not biting, obviously, and then working on helping him use his words to explain his feelings rather than reacting in a physical manner. So you're going to work with him to recognize his emotions. You can do this by coaching his emotions, pointing out his emotions, all of them, not just the negative ones, and then coaching the social skills. So you want to do these after he's calmed down. And I'm going to get to what you're going to do in the moment after this, but we're talking about, so after he's calmed down, I know you were angry, but biting is not okay. Biting hurts. What are you going to do the next time you get angry? Now this will take some practice. You're going to want to coach him and you're going to get, give him some practice. You're going to walk him through it, you know, cause he'll probably, the first time he's going to say, I don't know. And so you're going to say, here are some options of things you can do when you get angry. You can tell me I'm angry or I'm angry because you can go hit a pillow. You can even, you could give him something he can bite. If he wants to bite something, give him something he can bite that isn't a person. Um, a teething toy or something. I know he's, yeah, you know, almost three, but you can give him something that he can bite into when he gets angry rather than a person. Ways to help him get that out and then so that he can deal with it in a different way. Um, you can you can teach him how to take deep breaths. You can teach him how to count to five slowly to calm down, these types of things. So it'll take some practice because emotions are really overwhelming at this age. So you're going to work through with him on how to deal with them. And the class on tantrums goes into a lot more detail on that. So even though what he's not doing is technically a tantrum, this um, aggressive behavior It's still about learning to recognize emotions and finding other ways to deal with them rather than biting, kicking, hitting, or having a tantrum in some cases. So there's a lot of information on there. And Amber is also a member, so I know that she was able to get access to these classes and get in. But then you can work on the social skills piece. So you want to help him develop his emotion skills so that he can recognize it. Then the social skills are how he displays those emotions, which is the things, some of the steps I already gave you, like teaching him to take deep breaths, teaching him um, to count to five slowly, that he could go bite something else, he could go hit a pillow. Those, all those options, those are the socials. Using words, those are actually what we are going to work towards, right? Whenever we get upset as an older, older children or as an adult, we're working on saying, I'm angry because, I'm frustrated because, I'm feeling a little jealous because, whatever the feelings we're having, we talk about our feelings and talk about why, so that as adults or older children, we can work through how we can do better the next time. Now, for in the moment, you want to send a message that aggression is not acceptable. It won't be tolerated. So I would do a coaching session to start out. So just, you know, whenever he's calm, not right after he's bitten you, but just pick a calm time that you can sit down with him and have a conversation and coach him. That the next time you bite me, I will have to walk away. I will come back to talk with you after you're calm and can be more respectful. So you don't need to ask him to stop biting. You do what you need to do to get him off, obviously without hurting him, right? You're not going to like 
you know, try to hurt him or push him or slap him or do anything like that. You're just going to kind of, you may need to pull his jaw off of your arm if he's really chomping down. Um, but you're going to do it as gently as you possibly can. Just work your finger in there and kind of pull him off, get up and walk away. Cause that is absolutely unacceptable behavior. Um, he may have a, a knockdown tantrum about that, but it's just not acceptable and no one needs to stay around for that type of behavior. So it's kind of the same thing when they're in preschool. If they hit a friend, their friend may turn around and walk away and not want to play with them. That's a very natural consequence, right? If we're hurting somebody or, or we're doing something that's upsetting to someone, they're not going to want to stay around us. So we just teach that when they engage in these types of behaviors, chances are someone's not going to really want to stay around and be with you. And you're going to have to find a different way to show that you're feeling angry or frustrated. And you're going to move away and you'll say, biting hurts. I don't like to be bitten. I'll come back when you're ready to be nice, calm, respectful, whatever word you want to use to me. Like I said, he may throw a big fit. That's normal. It's okay. Let him work through it. It's not our job as parents to absorb their emotions. Our children need to learn how to work through those emotions. So you just want to set a very strong boundary around the aggression and then be mindful that it's something that most toddlers do struggle with. Um, You want to be respectful but firm. Then when you come back and he's calmed down, you can coach him about it. I know you were angry that I wouldn't get your toy, but biting is not okay. How would you feel if someone bit you? What could you do instead to let me know you're feeling frustrated? Then you can give him some ideas like we talked about before, like use your words to tell me. Also, you can help him learning to recognize when he needs to calm down and some ways to work on those, like I already talked about. Um, Between working with him on the emotion skills piece, that's the first piece, helping him recognize it. That is the foundation. And then the social skills piece, which is the explaining to you that he's upset and why. And then setting the boundaries when it happens, he will learn to start to change his behavior within a short time. Also, just know that kids tend to be at their worst with us parents or those that they're close to because they feel safe and comfortable. And so they kind of just let it all hang out. They tend to do better and behave better with others and maintaining their composure with their peers, with their teachers at school, that type of thing. So while it's not impossible that he would bite another kid, it's much more likely that he'll do it with you and a lot less likely that he'll do it to another child. Now, to check out any of the 50-plus classes on demand, including positive discipline classes, including the ones I already mentioned, like the four misbehaviors and their solutions, power struggles, distraction and redirection, among many, many others, the development and health, which the tantrums class is under that section, education, and the modern parenting section, which is where you can also find the family organization class, which goes through every aspect of family organization and ways to start tackling that if that's something that you really want to get a handle on. Like I really like to do, I really feel like it keeps our family life moving much smoother. You can find those on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Don't forget the promo code for 15% off of any membership. Good through August 31st. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.